Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again and always for joining me today after a Minnesota Vikings season opener, a Minnesota Vikings home opener, and the Minnesota Vikings' first win of the season. That's right, the Minnesota Vikings do win their season opener again at home against a team with, well, some red on their uniforms. A uh, little bit less red, I suppose, than the 49ers last year, but, uh, well, you know, it, that's not the important part. The fact is that the Vikings won, and something that I think also counts in a big way is this game looked a hell of a lot better. And Atlanta has been a team that has been a factor for a while. Obviously, they won the uh, the NFC as recent as 2016, they got to the second round in 2017 and just about knocked off the world champion Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think anybody likes hearing those three words in the same sentence, four words in the same sentence. I don't think anybody does, but, well, <laughs> well, you can't really erase history now. Damn it, Julio Jones, catch the ball. Just just catch the ball, Julio, please. Please, Julio, uh, whatever. Or make the pass interference or whatever the heck it was, but it was a close play. And I'm still not over it. It still haunts me to this day. But Julio Jones, same situation against the Vikings today. I've got an urban legend I'm going to have to save for the end of the show. But I should almost just say it now. I'm going to probably say it now and I'll throw it in at the end of the show again. This is an alarming statistic that was brought up today. Not a single receiver since the uh, since U.S. Bank Stadium opened in 2016, which wasn't even a very good year for the Vikings, except, well, we did start 5-0, and and it was a spectacular start to the season, and the defense was, you know, 85 pairs-like during those first five games anyway. Uh, wide receivers from opponents have never eclipsed the century mark in a single game in U.S. Bank Stadium, ever. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what I would call an urban legend, especially the fact, well, that... U.S. Bank Stadium is in an urban area, downtown Minneapolis. That's an urban legend. Other than that, though, Minnesota won 28-12, as I really didn't even mention the score yet. <sighs> yeah, Atlanta getting cute with their two-point conversions that failed. I, I just, you know, these coaches are paid millions of dollars and all that, and they deserve it. They deserve the money they're getting. They're multimillionaires for doing what they do. They're intelligent people. They know what they're doing. Yet sometimes, is it safe to say they, are, they all think themselves? Because you're down 28 nothing, right, in the fourth quarter. And, well, you know, a team called the Vikings came back 28 nothing one time against the Eagles back in the 80s, which was pretty damn cool. Pardon me, a train is coming by. That's making a little distraction. But wouldn't you worry about trying to convert the two-point conversion maybe like when you tie the game up or something? Why would you try a two-point conversion when you score your first touchdown of the game? That, that's kind of weird. I don't know what that was, but uh, by uh, by the by the Falcons, Dan Quinn and, and such. I'm not sure where what the thinking was there. Like, yay, it's 28 to eight, okay. But what if you fail? Now you have to get a two point conversion just to get back up to par. So I don't know. I just thought I'd get that off my chest here before I actually get in, uh, further into the game review. But I don't know. Some weird stuff. Weird stuff. Atlanta. You know. I mean, damn, they're a good offense, and damn, the Vikings defense shut them down today. Because, well, the final score of the game happened with like a minute left and they failed another two-point conversion because at that point, again, they had to get back up to par and Julio Jones did not bring that one in either. He, he, was, he finally scored a touchdown 
in U.S. Bank Stadium. Finally, it's his first touchdown in U.S. Bank Stadium and against the Vikings in general, Julio Jones. So it's about time for that guy. He's been a fantasy phenom when healthy, and he has stayed healthy the past few years, thankfully, and that's why he's a Hall of Fame material receiver. Uh, Matt Ryan, some of the decision-making, was it the route Was it the route not being run correctly? It's kind of a little bit of the above here. Matt Ryan struggled and had multiple interceptions in the game. Uh, so you can imagine the frustration there for him. You can see he was really kind of almost losing it on the sidelines. Another interesting statistic you could also throw in as an urban legend. You know, $28 million a year for your quarterback. And, well, <laughs> the offense has changed so dramatically, and I think in a good way. It's helped the Vikings cause in a big way. Only one sack today. Only 98 yards passing for Kirk Cousins on 10 attempts. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> That's kind of funny. So just kind of thought I'd get some of this across before we delve further into the game review. But, well, that's what the game review is, right? You're just looking at things and you're like, it's funny. You know, I mean, the Vikings offense completely has uh, been overhauled. And you know what? It looks way better. Is it safe to say the Vikings offense is way better? Yes. Anybody show of hands? Is the Vikings offense better than last year? Show of hands? Yeah, that's just about everybody here in the room. Why you're not raising your hand, Mr. Whoever you are, I have no idea. But I'm sure, yeah, because not everybody would raise their hand because everybody's got an opinion in this world, regardless if you agree or not. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's a way better offense. It's You're not looking for 80-yard touchdown passes to Randy Moss, who no longer plays in the NFL. You're no longer looking for anything like that because, well... I don't know. I mean, those type of plays, they happen, but they don't happen all the time. That's why it's a spectacular play, because it doesn't happen all the time. I mean, like baseball, it's a home run every other at-bat nowadays. (laughs) Boy, and you gotta love the Twins' home run record this year, but they can't beat the bleeping Cleveland Indians or the bleeping Yankees or the... Yeah, I'll get off of that now. I'm a little distracted for some reason, but... It's like I'm too excited yet. I'm too excited to get back behind the mic talking real football that I start jumping into other stuff, which is really weird. Uh, But no, great, great change of pace for this offense. It is uh, wonderful. Kirk Cousins still facing the same gosh darn Mickey frickin' uh, pass rush. I mean, the, the pass protection looks barely better than last year. I mean, it's just about the same. But the run blocking and the schemes and all that are like a million times better. And, well, yeah, I mean... John Filippo, what? I mean, why are you trying to pass the ball 750 times? You know, it's just stupid. Or should I just say 16, a time, 16 times in a quarter or something like that? That's just plain dumb. I don't care if Tom, if you have Tom Brady at age 28. you got to mix it up a little bit. And, you know, obviously the Patriots have had some pretty good running backs in their Super Bowl years. In their years where they had good records and didn't quite finish the job, they had pretty good running backs as well during the course of that time. You know, you can't only rely on one guy. And, of course, this guy, when you do overly rely on Kirk Cousins, he makes colossal mistakes. The fact of the matter is he does have the special skills to be an excellent quarterback, and that's where, when he does pass the ball, there's potential there for something great to happen. Obviously, like the touchdown pass to Adam Thielen and a really, really, really just a perfect pass to Stefan Diggs heading towards the sidelines. It was in the flat, kind of heading into the sidelines there, slant type of play. Uh, to the outside, actually, not a slant, but uh, heading into the outside there, into the flat. That was a really good 31-yard strike. It didn't even, it didn't look like 31 yards, and then it just was. It was a beauty. Uh, but loved that play. Uh, both catches made by Stefan Diggs, who actually was doubtful 
and and questionable, so to speak, leading into this game with the hamstring and still managed to catch both of the balls coming his way. Adam Thielen caught all three, only three targets in the game. Diggs targeted twice. Thielen targeted thrice. Delvin Cook targeted twice. Chad Beebe once. Kyle Rudolph once, and that's kind of all she wrote. Kyle Rudolph was unable to bring that one in. Wonderful. Just an overall great game. And, of course, again, one of the pass plays was just uh, Kirk Cousins getting rid of the ball, so that didn't count as an official target, luckily, uh, because he was rushed quite a bit in the game. But, again, the offense definitely taking a major, major uh, change here, and it it feels damn good to see (laughs) what's uh, taking place out in front of our eyes. Um, And it's just, you see why Mike Zimmer was so frustrated with John Filippo and why he was dropping subtle subtle jabs at just about every post-game press conference during the course, the course of last season, especially by about the halfway point on, and I'd even say earlier. Uh, you saw a prolific offense against the the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams in L.A. That was fun to watch. But again, Kirk Cousins kind of, it didn't work out down the stretch. I mean, stuff like that, when you're overly relying on a guy, he's going to make mistakes, and he's more likely to make mistakes. And when it's a guy who's had a history of having strange mistakes late in games and a poor record against winning clubs. You don't want to overly rely on him. So then, thank God in heaven, you have a healthy Delvin Cook, and you have a rookie, a rookie in, in Alexander Madison, who looks like he could be a starting running back in this league. Alexander Madison does not have the home run uh, threat to his game, but he does have an excellent overall intangible game to be a starting running back, in my humble opinion. I mean, the blocking in front of him was good. Okay, so that obviously, you you know, so you obviously don't want to just say it was all the running back. Obviously, there were some blocks along the way that helped him get his 23-yard gain. But you waiting for the hole and hitting the hole at the right time, right place, has to do with him being able to do that as well. Alexander Madison, to me, is a really high IQ for a rookie running back. Gotta love that. And Delvin Cook's overall skill set is just sick, you know, as the youngsters would say, in, in a good way. It is flat-out sick. Um... 5.3 a carry, Madison 5.4 a carry, 49 yards, didn't get in the end zone. He missed his uh, first career touchdown by about uh, uh, by about a third of a yard or so, something like that. Even the pylon got knocked over, but it was by the Atlanta defender, not by Alexander Madison. So unfortunately, that didn't, uh, didn't happen. So <laughs> that was unfortunate. Uh, but Delvin Cook, explosive play down the stretch was just dramatic and wonderful. Two touchdowns overall in the game. One early and one a little bit later to get things moving along the way after the Thielen touchdown. Uh, Delvin Cook, absolutely spectacular, literally bowling over Atlanta uh, linebackers. Not only does he have explosive speed, but he has enough power as well to do almost do like Adrian Peterson, the way he would run people over. As long as Delvin Cook stays healthy, well, you know, with all the wonderful weapons this team has, the Adam Thielens, the Stefan Diggses, Kirk Cousins, yes, of course, defensively, you have incredible weapons like Daniel Hunter, uh, Anthony Barr opening up the game with the sack, which was really cool. That's extremely exciting if you're a Viking fan. Obviously, that's, uh, you know, like concerned about the guy at times. Like, yeah, we gave him a ton of money. It's good that we kept him, but are we going to utilize his strengths? Well, he got a sack on the first play of the game. So that's extremely exciting, extremely encouraging. But at the end of the day, when you name all these players... And there's some, obviously, Everson Griffin looking like he's going to have a nice renaissance season. He looks awesome out there. Um, Delvin Cook is probably the best player on the team in terms of overall skill. When healthy, he is probably the superstar player on this team uh, overall. And when you have a guy that's that good to go along with all these other weapons, you can't tell me this isn't a legitimate contender in the NFL. And, yes, it's week one. 
yes, we got to go on the road to Green Bay. And yes, the Green Bay Packers defense is a little bit better. And yeah, everybody saw that <laughs> pretty large grin on uh, Aaron Rodgers' face about that defense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still looks like he's, yeah, he's he's really, he doesn't look like he's as good as he was before. He doesn't. And this has been going on the last two years or so, uh, shoulder injury or not, in, in the past. Um, he doesn't look like the same guy, but the defense in front of him is completely different, and it's significantly better. We'll talk about that in segment number two, which is, oh, I love segment number two. So much fun. But, um, again, it's week one, but you can't tell me this team doesn't have a chance to be extremely good this year. Vikings' chances, put it this way, if we can take care of business versus the Green Bay Packers, who took care of business against Chicago, in Chicago, which is an extremely impressive win, like it or not, and I hate it. I'd rather choose. Uh, I'd rather see the Bears win than the Packers. But um, clearly, the Bears' offense doesn't have a whole lot of uh, excitement going on. Clearly, the Packers' offense isn't that great. But obviously, the Bears' defense is what it is. If the Vikings take care of business versus the Green Bay Packers next week, if it's something like this, if if the game is similar to this somehow, I'm guessing it's going to be lower scoring. But we'll see. Um, yeah, then uh, the Vikings' chances of winning this uh, NFC. North are extremely high, and then well, all right, let's let's go, let's go, baby. Oh, I hate that Philadelphia one. That would have been really cool actually if they lost today, but they didn't. In segment number two, Joey, segment number two, yes. <laughs> Julio Jones though, uh, yeah, uh, for Atlanta, targeted eleven times, knocked ball knocked away many times down the stretch. Alexander uh, <laughs> McKenzie Alexander, who was banged up late in the game, which hopefully he's going to be okay. That was a little scary. For a moment there, he jammed the the route for uh, Julio Jones, which I find extremely impressive, and the play just wasn't there. The play just wasn't there because, well, obviously Matt Ryan's putting the ball in a spot, which he did, but Julio Jones was unable to get there on time because, again, uh, McKenzie Alexander jammed the route, and he is, uh, that's his strength in this league. That is his strength. He is excellent at jamming routes, and I love what... uh, Kinsey Alexander brings to the Minnesota Vikings at slot corner. He is, uh, I, I love him. I'm so glad we have him. We're flat out blessed. Uh, Boyd, he didn't have one of the better, he, he, he didn't have one of the better plays getting in the way of the uh, the uh, kick kick returner there, the punt return. That wasn't smart. You can't, you got to give the guy a chance to catch the ball, even if it wasn't a fair catch. You still cannot be in the path of the ball coming down which, I don't know, that tacked on 15 yards. It's plays like that. Yes, the Vikings are way ahead, but I don't think, yeah, I mean, play. I don't think you want to ever see that again. It's just one of those kind of silly mistakes that can't happen. If this is a close game, a big playoff game, something like that, and you do something at, you do something dumb like that in the fourth quarter, you're going to be regretting that for the rest of your life. So, obviously, <laughs> hoping and praying that uh, we can clean up that a little bit. Again, uh, Kirk Cousins only sacked once in the whole game by Grady Jarrett, officially, who obviously is one of the best players in Atlanta. He certainly stood out in a big way today. He certainly did. Uh, but uh, Vikings defensively, Linval Joseph got a sack as he was pushed from uh, Mr. Mata'afa. That's one of the funniest names ever. Hercules Mata'afa, but love what he brings. He did not register a statistic in the whole game. He didn't get a tackle or an assist or anything, but he, but he did assist unofficially, something that doesn't show up in the stat sheet for uh, Linval Joseph's sack, kind of drawing the player into Linval Joseph. That was pretty cool. The quarterback, anyway, that would be Matt Ryan, of course. 
involved Joseph getting a sack right away, and he was uh, banged up coming into the season, and here he is looking healthy as ever. Everson Griffin getting a sack, and uh, lots of pressures in the game, but only one official tackle, and that was the sack early. Harrison Smith, pass deflection, fumble recoveries. He was spectacular in the game. And then you have his, his uh, counterpart. Oh, God. I mean, uh, my God. I mean, are, are, you, are, are, are you not happy? For, for, for Anthony Harris, a couple of interceptions today, multiple pass deflections. The guy looks like a pro bowler, doesn't he? I mean, and Jaron Curse. Oh, my goodness. Jaron Curse was spectacular as well. He had a pass deflection. But Anthony Harris, multiple pass deflections. Uh, Eric Kendricks even getting in the play on Julio Jones. Pretty cool to see. Uh, so Eric Kendricks actually getting into coverage and knocking the ball away. That was neat. But uh, Anthony Harris, what an amazing game. For the uh, Minnesota Vikings, full-time free safety. God, I love what Anthony Harris brings. Again, Andrus Dejo or Anthony Harris, I just, the more and more you sit down and analyze this, Anthony Harris probably should have been starting at least as soon as last year. Again, this guy saved our asses in 2015 in some of those later games when uh, Harrison Smith was out, if, if we all remember that, and I think a lot of you do. Uh, the Vikings might have fallen out of the uh, division lead if not for Anthony Harris that season, and he was a rookie that year, and look at him now. He's a full-time starter for the Vikings, and he, again, looked like a pro bowler. Hopefully he can continue to bring that in the coming weeks. Trey Waynes barely got burned on one of the touchdowns, but it is what it is, and nobody's mad at him. Gotta love what he brings, and hopefully it's not his final season with the Vikings. We'll just have to wait and see with that. Xavier Rose, again, had another moment in the game where he looked like he'd been shot or something. But, well, I, I thought he played pretty well. I mean, generally speaking, you can't really complain a whole lot about the Vikings' defense other than the stupid uh, the stupid uh, neutral zone infractions that happened on third down multiple times early in the game, which, well, when the game was still, well, very early and the Vikings had a small lead, I mean, I don't know, with third down and you're giving neutral zone infractions that give a first down... Not the best thing you want to see on third and five, but uh, luckily we can get away with that for now. Vikings obviously did what they did today, but uh, those were frustrating a little bit. Just little, little, little wrinkles you have to iron, I suppose. It, that just kind of is what that is. Hopefully Chris Boyd can clear up that wrinkle as well. Atlanta Falcons getting very frustrated late in the game. The Vikings definitely uh, kind of taking it to them, and the Falcons not liking it, that type of thing. And... That's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Uh, we've we've been on the other side of many of these in the past where we get frustrated, we take dumb penalties, and things start to fall apart, and that's what happened with Atlanta in the later stages of this game when they still had a, a glimmer of hope. They were starting to move up and down. They were starting to move down the field, and then, bam, a stupid penalty, and then next thing you know, uh, Matt Ryan is sacked or uh, passes deflected, this and that. Uh, at the end of the day, Calvin Ridley would get that touchdown on Trey Waynes and then Julio Jones at the very end, putting <laughs> putting the Falcons into double digits, luckily for him, and he finally scored a touchdown in uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, which is pretty amazing, which is a huge testament to Mike Zimmer's uh, secondary defense, which is what he was known for from day one, and you can't discount what uh, Mike Zimmer does bring. Every time you think Mike Zimmer, oh, yeah, well, you know, as good as his defense is, there's holes, there's this, there's that. And then next thing you know, those holes get stopped. And that's got all of us feeling a hell of a lot better at this moment, I'd have to say. Again, Vikings giving up a number of yards in this game. It was a bend-but-don't-break defense at times. But generally speaking, 
the Vikings would get the stops they need to get, and they'd get the turnovers, which were three in the game. There was a fumble lost in the game, of course, and then the multiple interceptions, one of them in the end zone, which had Matt Ryan fuming mad when the Falcons still had a legitimate shot to get back into the game. Austin Hooper unable to get to that one. He was actually targeted. Uh, he caught all of the passes coming his direction. They actually didn't officially count it as a target, the interception, which is kind of weird. They probably should. Austin Hooper, though, just not in the right place, right time, according to Matt Ryan. And, well, this Vikings defense disguising things correctly and all that, uh, frustrating Matt Ryan and setting players into uh, the wrong position, wrong place, wrong time. Golden opportunity for the Falcons went up in smoke as that was Anthony Harris's second interception of the game, which, to me, pretty much sealed the deal at the end of the day. I mean, Anthony Harris and Delvin Cook, what an unbelievable uh, week one for those guys. Gotta love what they brought. I mean, the, the several tackles by Anthony Harris, and again, multiple interceptions. The guy absolutely looks like a long-term starter for the Minnesota Vikings at free safety, and I couldn't be happier for him. I, I, I really couldn't. I mean, it's now you see why the Vikings didn't go crazy going after safeties in the draft or even free agency. Like, you're going to get some safeties, obviously, brought in for uh, training camp to try out this and that. And uh, eventually, one of them is going to have to be a backup, this and that. But uh, And then that ended up being one of my favorite guys out there. That would be Mr. Apps, Marcus Apps from Wyoming. And again, love those uniforms. I'll keep talking about the Wyoming Cowboys. <laughs> they, they won their opener, but uh, not as good of a game yesterday, unfortunately, for them. But, um, no, uh, Marcus Epps, he'll, you know, he, he's going to be that backup safety to fill in for uh, Harrison Smith at times if he's banged up or tired or whatever. Who knows what kind of game we might be having. Maybe we're up by 40 or something. Maybe it's going to be that kind of magical season. But this offense is expediting and exploiting its strengths. We're, we're using our strengths to our advantage rather than forcing things. I mean, that's basically what today was in a nutshell. This is what the Minnesota Vikings offense should look like. Yeah, you want to get the 100 yards from Adam Thielen. 100 yards every game. 100 yards, 100 yards, 100 yards, 100 yards. Eight weeks in a row. NFL record. He's the greatest ever. He's up there with Kelvin Johnson with one of the greatest receivers ever because he got 100 yards every game, basically, to open the season. But the Vikings weren't even barely in the playoff hunt at that point because because just we weren't, we weren't getting the job done at the end of the day. We're getting the yardage with the passing. But, well... Take a look. How many how many yards did Matt Ryan pass for today? 304. How many points did the Falcons score? 12. Well, they didn't get 28, did they? They got 12. So, again, I mean, it, it is what it is. Matt Ryan's a great player. 71%, almost 72%. Even with the interceptions, the quarterback rating, oh, 85.8. And Kirk Cousins, 140.8. Spectacular, but of course, again, on only 10 attempts. You're... Ex, you're expediting your efforts, basically, here. I mean, you're using, you're optimizing what you have. You're optimizing what you have, and you're avoiding dangerous situations. Atlanta's defense, obviously, is better than, you know, it's better than the average defense, especially with Dan Quinn as coordinator, and a lot of these players are pretty good. They probably couldn't believe that the, this Viking team scored 28 points on them, but they weren't expecting what they got, necessarily. Uh, they knew there was going to be much more of a focus on the run game, but it, it literally ran this club over. And it wasn't like we're running the ball every single time, like in uh, the original Tecmo Bowl, because passing the ball in that game, it's like a 50% chance you're going to throw an interception. <laughs> it, it is, because somebody's going to catch the ball in that game, pretty much. 
somebody's going to catch the ball in Tecmo Bowl, the original way back in the day NES game that, well, you know, there's a the sound effect that starts off this show is a Tecmo Bowl sound effect. <laughs> Gotta love it. A sound bite. It's part of the game, part of that game right there. It's a track in that game anyway. But again, it, it's what it's all about here. I mean, avoid the mistakes and utilize your strengths. It's that simple. And that's why the Vikings destroyed Atlanta today. And for lack of a better term, the Vikings destroyed Atlanta. They simply did. 28-12 to 12 is really damn good. And this is a team a lot of people saw winning the NFC South this year. They still might. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, the Saints, well, their schedule's not going to be easy. I mean, your number one seed in the NFC, it's not going to be an easy schedule for them. So we'll get back to them and talk about what's going on with the New Orleans Saints later on. Of course, much, much later on, unfortunately. That's uh, going to be, a, uh, well, that's going to be tomorrow night. So, well, that's going to have to be next week. Unfortunately, they'll be hosting the Houston Texans. And, of course, uh, ooh, I'm going to enjoy this one. New England Patriots versus the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up tonight as well. That's going to be pretty cool. We'll leave that alone. Mm-mm-mm. Yep, interesting scores throughout the league today. Some of them just blow your mind. Unbelievable. I think you know at least two of them will just blow your mind. Wow. <laughs> Expectations of certain teams uh, not being met and other ones being very much, uh, whoo-wee, <laughs> yeah, met in some ways and the other team on the other sideline, holy Toledo, shocking us all, uh, at least so far. <sighs> With that said, that's kind of like an appetizer heading into segment number two, the the uh, worldwide NFL and NFC North wrap-up and uh, leading into the Green Bay Packer game. That's going to be extremely exciting going into next week. Luckily, I don't think the Vikings will have to worry about three missed field goals. We got our uh, we got the best holder ever, and he's a decent punter too. The Vikings actually did have to punt a couple times in this game. And Bailey made all of his extra points, so you didn't see any doinks on the extra points. If you had Dan Bailey as your uh, fantasy kicker, well, he gave you four points. That's probably not enough to help you unless you're, well, other team, other players uh, took off. Like maybe you have Delvin Cook also because you're like an all-around Vikings robe and you have everybody on your everybody on your fantasy team is a Viking. <laughs> Britton Colquitt, though, my goodness, about 50 yards. And two of them were in the 20s. No touchbacks. That's pretty good. Britton Colquitt, welcome to the Vikings, Mr. Britton Colquitt. That looks better than Matt Weil. So, okay. Bosher, Matt Bosher over there. Those are pretty much Matt Weil numbers. He got him in the 20, but uh, 43 yards. But I suppose, I suppose some of those punts ended up being on very disappointing drives that started off so well and then just didn't. So, pretty cool. With that said, the, whew, the Fred Turkington Award it's got to be Delvin Cook, and i got to give a honorable mention and kind of like a second place, basically, here to Anthony Harris. What an unbelievable day. Uh, awesome. Very cool. Anthony Harris uh, getting a couple of interceptions in the game, making big defensive plays as well. Vikings defense, generally speaking, was great, and the Vikings offense exploited so well. And Delvin Cook looks like an absolute stud. Gotta love what you're seeing here. Heading into week number two. Uh, to me, Vikings uh, should go into Green Bay and, at very minimum, be right there all the way to the end. I don't see Aaron Rodgers passing all over this defense, and hopefully this Minnesota Vikings offense can do something pretty special next week as well against an improved Green Bay defense. With that said, we'll be back for segment number two right after this.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia segment number two. We're going to look at the NFL and, of course, NFC North and wrap up this segment with next week's classic matchup, the Green Bay Packers. Of course, they had their (sighs) classic rivalry with the Chicago Bears renewed once again, of course, after 100 years of battles between those two teams. Again, that'll be the final, be the end of the segment and everything. But, uh, well, it looked like it was 1919, didn't it? 100th anniversary. Yep, cool stuff. You got the uh, classic, or usually around this uh, segment and into the end, we got the traditional uh, uh, NBC game playing in the background. Gotta love it. New England Patriots looking to defend their championship and become the first team to win seven Super Bowls, playing against the only other team that has won six, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's 10 nothing. New England at the moment I'm recording this. Early second quarter. Let's move forward. Of course, Houston. And the New Orleans Saints. The Saints will host the Houston Texans tomorrow night, along with the Oaktown Raiders with all their drama, with uh, a guy that's now on the Patriots, Antonio Brown, all that crap going on. I didn't get into that a whole lot. They're hosting a classic rival, the Denver Broncos, in that uh, AFC West classic division, of course. We all know about all those cool teams and all that. Uh, Yeah, man, it's (laughs) Antonio Brown, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, go Patriots. They got him, I guess. Tennessee, the Cleveland Browns, Vince Germano, and I was on your side, hoping for the best. I did think the Tennessee Titans would actually squeak out their division championship there in the uh, in the AFC there, AFC South there. I thought they were going to win that division. I think they will versus the uh, Indianapolis Colts and such, the Central there. Uh, I, th- I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that division. We'll see, but again, well, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Cleveland anyway. I thought they were going to win their division, and it didn't go so well. 43-13, yeah. That's not what the doctor ordered if you are a Cleveland Browns fan, and I feel for you, Vince Germano. Um, ah, I, I, I'm sorry to sorry to uh, pass on the uh, ugly news there. 43-13 in Cleveland. They received a lot of boos during the course of this game. It just did not work out at all. Fourth quarter, Tennessee just kind of piled on 24 nothing in the fourth quarter. It was a fairly close battle, but Tennessee was ahead most of the way. In fact, the whole way, uh, except I guess Cleveland did score at the initial touchdown, but they missed the extra point. Austin Seabert missed the extra point, and things kind of kind of snowballed from there. Cleveland did have a very – there was a time where there was hope for the Cleveland Browns very late in the fourth quarter – or second quarter, pardon me – and things changed very dramatically. 75-yard touchdown pass. Marcus Mariota leading the way along those path there. He wound up with the three touchdowns in that very short stretch of time. And a total of three overall. Yikes. Uh, Baker Mayfield sacked five times. Three interceptions. Quarterback rating 64.0. I don't think the season's over for Cleveland, but this is not what they wanted. And a lot of people coming in to this, uh, are saying, hey, Cleveland, you haven't done anything yet, so don't get too excited, and I guess they can't get too excited at this point. And then there's the uh, the other game that was an absolute demolition derby. In fact, this one was the demolition derby of the day, a 49-point margin. Miami Dolphins, I guess they're tanking, I guess. Uh, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick won the job. You thought, okay, he'll get off to that hot little start so he can get some more money into next season and such. Uh, well, it was... 59-10 in favor of the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, who I was kind of debating back and forth between the New York Jets and the Baltimore Ravens. 
being the sixth uh, and final team making the AFC playoffs into the wild card round. Wow. Uh, okay, I guess Baltimore's in good position, but again, Miami clearly. If they're not in tank mode, I don't know who is. I mean, they're. <laughs> Remember late last season when Miami was still in the playoff hunt and then the Vikings destroyed them the first week with uh, Kevin Stefanski taking over and you saw a little more balanced offense? Unfortunately, the damage had been done for the Minnesota Vikings last season, so it didn't really matter because Chicago Bears tore us apart the next week, and it was way too late. If you're going to get rid of John D. Filippo, they should have much earlier or just given the job to Kevin Stefanski in the first place, and maybe you get super lucky. Gary Kubiak comes a year earlier, but, well, I guess we're here now for a reason, and that's all she wrote there. Looks like the Charlotte Hornets here. <laughs> you got that, that uh, classic purple and that... Pastel Teal, they look just like the Charlotte Hornets, these two teams playing against each other when you put the the icons and the logos together and the colors and all that. Pretty cool, but uh, that's the only interesting part about the game, unless you love Lamar Jackson, and I like him an awful lot. Basically came about, uh, he was like the second quarterback after Teddy Bridgewater in Louisville, and boy, oh boy, he was another guy who was supposed to go first overall, according to a lot of people like Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of people he was thought he was going to go first overall. Winds up going last overall in the first round. And Baltimore Ravens traded and grabbed him at the end there. A lot of people thought maybe the New England Patriots might do it. it no, five touchdowns for Lamar. Perfect quarterback rating. And uh, wow, just three incomplete passes in the game. We'll see what happens after that. Miami Dolphins were uh, demolished. That's just all there is to say about that. <clears throat> and here's the team I picked to make the playoffs. They lose at home to their, uh, well, their classic division rivals and cross-town rivals and blah, 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 or cross-state, pardon me, rivals. The Buffalo Bills go into MetLife Stadium, where the New York Jets hosted them, of course. 17-16, kind of a classic black and blue division, even though it was green and blue, I guess. Uh, Buffalo? Buffalo Bills. Did I call them the Buffalo Sabres? I hope I didn't. The Buffalo Bills. <laughs> that would figure. Wind up getting an, uh, an early season victory here. and Didn't have to take a 27 nothing lead in U.S. Bank Stadium to get their first win of the year this time around. They're 1-0. Uh, last year, what were they? 0-3 coming into U.S. Bank Stadium. Things weren't looking so hot for them. And they uh, took the Vikings and made us look awful. Uh, Josh Allen with two fumble losses. He's one of the more athletic quarterbacks out there with that rushing ability. Did I get, uh, man, he, he rushed 10 times in the game, won up at 38 yards, did have a couple of interceptions. Sam Darnold did not have a turnover, which is good, because that was a problem last season. Tons of interceptions, obviously, both of these guys, rookies last season, leading their New York City or New York State clubs, but um, are basically New Jersey in a lot of ways when it comes to the Jets and the Giants in their stadium location, but um, really, at the end of the day, who cares? <laughs> New York area. <laughs> Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, kind of a cool little matchup, but uh, certainly not the highest scoring game. Uh, Le'Veon Bell finally playing again after a whole season of contract dispute and all that with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. That sounds familiar. Sounds very familiar. Uh, 60 yards on the ground, 3.5, did not get in the end zone, and John Brown was an elite, 123 yards and a touchdown, targeted 10 times. He was the player of the day at, at the end for the uh, Buffalo Bills, helping them win the game. Jamison Crowder also wound up with 99 yards and 14 catches. Wow, Sam Darnold's nookie blankie, as Paul Allen might call him at the end of the day. Nookie blankie, uh, anybody that you throw the ball to 17 times in the game, you obviously feel somewhat comfortable with him, I would have to say. 
Oh, boy. Philadelphia and the Washington Redskins. Washington was demolishing the Philadelphia Eagles, just like Case Keenum was demolishing the Washington Redskins when Kirk Cousins was the quarterback in 2017. And the team that beat Case Keenum beat him again. The Philadelphia Eagles came all the way back and beat him. Unbelievable. Washington was demolishing Philadelphia. And a lot of us were kind of happy because, you know, when you hear guys like, uh, who was it, Paul Charchian? Yeah, it was Paul Charchian on KFAN saying, hey, you know, Philadelphia is probably going to win the Super Bowl this year. You know, they're going to be the team of destiny. They still have this. They still have that. You know, great offensive line, great defensive line, uh, veteran this, veteran that, athletic wide receiver, spectacular tight end. And if uh, Carson Wentz actually stays healthy, you might have a shot at getting into the magic world again. And to me, I kept thinking, well, Nick Foles is really the one that performed all that magic. Carson Wentz has the talent, but Nick Foles has the magic. Sometimes magic is better than talent. Sometimes it is, like the 87 Twins versus the uh, the Detroit Tigers in 2008, uh, excuse me, in 1987-2087. Uh, you had the team with the best record in the league by far. Twins with the worst, uh, by far, the worst uh, playoff record. And they beat Detroit in five games. I mean, magic is magic, and Nick Foles was the magic man. But, well, at least for one day, Carson Wentz took it to the... Uh, Watching the Redskins in a nice way, helping them outduel Case Keenum. Both quarterbacks at three touchdowns. Really nice start, though, to the uh, Case Keenum uh, career with the Washington Redskins. It might be just one year, of course. They've got Haskins there waiting in the wings to take over someday. But a really strong start for Case Keenum. Looked like the Vikings version of him in this game. This is by far his best game since suiting up for Minnesota, I'd have to say. All last season with Denver, Case Keenum didn't have a game like this. But Carson Wentz looked like the Carson Wentz before he had the ACL when the Eagles were tearing up the league in 2017. And everybody at that time thought they were going to go 15-1 and and win the Super Bowl. Well, they went 13-3 and and won the Super Bowl. Much to our chagrin. <sighs> Carolina Panthers hosting the Los Angeles Rams. And they wore those beautiful uniforms today. Uh, you know, the LA Rams or Los Angeles Rams, whatever you want to call them, just wear those uniforms forever. Don't ever get rid of those. Those ones that they took over, that took over during the St. Louis era after, uh, well, right after the Rams won the Super Bowl in those beautiful uniforms, they changed their, they changed their logo, they changed this, they changed that, they altered this. And it was never as interesting as far as I'm concerned. Those Rams uniforms had no business getting taken apart. And it's just, you just look at them and you just feel Los Angeles. You don't even think about St. Louis. You look at the other ones, you think about St. Louis. Uh, at least the Rams kind of went to the more, the white horns. I guess that's cool when it comes to wearing the, the, the modern look. But at least they went to the white horns, which is super old school rather than the gold ones. If you're going to wear the modern uniforms. So it is kind of like old school one way or the other. There's the super duper old school when the Rams were white and navy blue way back in the 60s and such. Kind of cool. But uh, anyhow, the Rams end up outdueling Carolina there. End up finishing the job. The Panthers ended up hanging on for dear life but could not finish the job. Carolina, well, we'll see. I don't think they're a playoff team. The Rams should be, and they should win the NFC West. They probably will. And this is actually a pretty good road win at the end of the day for the uh, Los Angeles Rams, I'd have to say. it's It's got to be. Uh, Jared Goff is now a $100 million man, if you can believe it, with all with all of his talented receivers and such. And he's still got that exciting coach. And Todd Gurley ran for almost 100 yards, 6.9 a carry. They sure could have used that from him in the playoffs last year. It would have helped them beat the Saints and uh, a little bit easier without uh, a pass interference call that was never made. And maybe they would have scored a point against the Patriots if 
Todd Gurley was a little healthier, but not to be. Neither quarterback did well. Cam Newton just mm, not a whole lot to show for, man. I mean, what, what a boring game for the quarterbacks, but at least there was a little more <clears throat> going on besides that. Still managing to score a total of 57 points between the teams, and Christian McCaffrey <clears throat> looks unbelievable at the end of the day. He looks fantastic. Uh, ran the ball very well throughout the day. His long was 23, yet he still managed 6.7 yards a carry with a long of only 23. Christian McCaffrey, the hybrid receiving running back who really looks like a son of a gun, boy, if you're a uh, Carolina Panthers fan. and That's the reason why the Carolina Panthers could be a playoff team as a guy like that more than Cam Newton at this stage. And Hard to imagine Cam Newton being old, but I don't think he's old. He's just eh, overrated and teams have figured him out, that kind of thing. And he doesn't like pressure because it's just, I don't know, he just doesn't and stuff. Oh, boy, it's a joke kind of when you think about that. Let's just move on, I guess, at the end of the day. Good uh, good game, though, when you think about it. The, the guy's on the ground, and that's kind of old-school football. I guess you got a lot of old-school football this weekend in a lot of ways, I suppose. Kansas City-Jacksonville, maybe this is a little bit more modern. Uh, 40 points for Kansas City, the team I picked to win the Super Bowl this year. I can't believe I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, but... Well, it sounds like a hell of a lot better pick than the Chicago Bears in the NFC Championship game, doesn't it? <laughs> Might as well pick Jacksonville to go to the AFC title game. But at least they managed 26 points. Their offense looks like the freaking, uh, looks like the 99 Rams compared to what the Bears accomplished uh, this weekend. Anyhow, uh, 40 points for the Kansas City Chiefs, though. Dominating performance with from Sammy Watkins. Holy crap. And, of course, it took a pretty good quarterback to do that as well. Sammy Watkins creating that separation and Patrick Mahomes hitting him in stride. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Patrick Mahomes, no interceptions and almost a perfect quarterback rating. 378, three touchdowns, spectacular. Uh, Nick Foles, well, banged up a bit early. And, uh, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I got to see Gardner miss you the second. Yay. Gardner, miss you the second. Okay, well, he actually wasn't that bad at all, actually. He was extremely efficient, almost 90% completion percentage. Nick Foles did manage to throw a touchdown, and he was, he was extremely efficient as well. This is actually not a bad football game, but Kansas City built such a huge lead, it almost didn't matter. Because you saw Jacksonville with Gardner Minshew bringing his team back into the action a bit to help uh, bring up that quarterback rating. I apologize if there's any background sound. It's just kind of how it goes, because we're... We're a busy couple here in uh, Golden Valley, so it's <laughs> just how that goes. It, it, it is what it is. Um, so, Indianapolis Colts, Los Angeles Chargers, 30-24, to 24, an, an overtime battle. Not bad, Indianapolis. Not bad, eh? In Los Angeles, sort of. Some weird place called Dignity Health Sports Park. Dignity Health Sports Park. Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> Yeah, um, nothing against that company. I'm sure they're fantastic and everything. It's just, yeah, it just rolls right off the tongue. That's all I have to say about that. Not bad, though. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, Brissett got his uh, extension before the season started, and good for him. It's one of those things where it's next man up, and he did really well, man. This guy, is a, he's an efficient quarterback, and he had to play an awful lot the last couple of years with old Abe Lincoln there being hurt all the time, and God bless him, and we know who Abe Lincoln is. That would be... That'd <laughs> be Mr. Luck there, Andrew Luck, but um, old Aim Lincoln himself with that beard. Uh, very efficient quarterbacking by both clubs that Philip Rivers got his usual 300 plus, and that's just Philip Rivers. I mean, this line right here, it's Philip Rivers. 
over 70%, over 300 yards, three touchdowns, maybe a turnover, and a quarterback rating in the 120s. That's Phillip Rivers every day, every year, every day, every year. It's just Phillip Rivers forever, I think. Marlon Mack, oh my goodness, Marlon Mack. Whew, 174 yards on the ground for him, a 63 long along the way. Wow, and I love Naheem Hines, but <clears throat> definitely in a very, very reserved uh, situation back type of role. Marlon Mack, though, fourth-round pick in 2017, and boy, what a start to the season here. And he, he got to 908 yards last year in a bigger role after starting off kind of kind of okay, you know, like second, third running back kind of role in 2017. And, well, what a nice start to his season. Unfortunately, Indianapolis comes up short and loses in overtime as the Chargers would score an OT, score a touchdown in OT and wrap things up. Unfortunately, Arizona and Detroit wouldn't get a uh, wouldn't get a winner in that game, which is kind of funny. So another tie in the NFC North. We'll get to that later here. Seattle versus Cincinnati. Oof, Cincinnati almost beat Seattle in Seattle. I mean, even the Vikings. You know, why why can't the Vikings be within a point of Seattle? You know, you'd think if Seattle's this inferior right now, you'd think maybe the Vikings can do something unless Cincinnati's actually good. Well, they have another receiver maybe emerging here, Mr. Ross the Third. Not Moss, but Ross. Andy Dalton passed for 418 yards today, ladies and gentlemen, but he fumbled the ball twice. And as Andy Dalton, you know, he'll dazzle you and then he'll screw you over. You know, God bless him. Russell Wilson, very efficient like he always is. Doesn't always have to pass as much to be efficient. Sometimes just getting those key first downs, using those legs, and that's what he does. Didn't really run much today either. Cincinnati, though, my goodness, Mr. Ross, what a big night for him, or big afternoon. John Ross, there's another one, another receiver in Cincinnati that it's exploding onto the scene here, and, uh, well, we might be hearing that name for a while if he keeps this up, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Seattle ends up winning by one point in the game. Let's move quickly. Dallas and the New York Giants visiting Dallas, Texas. Minnesota's going to have to head to Dallas this year. Well, hopefully this isn't the final score. 35-17 in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. A guy wanting over $100 million, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott had a huge game. Four touchdowns, 400 yards, and a perfect quarterback rating. Perfect quarterback rating. The New York Giants defense is not even close to what it was in the Super Bowl years. In fact, it's so far away, it's like... Don't even go there. Uh, you got to see Daniel Jones get his first couple moments of action there in the fourth quarter. Th- attempted four passes, 17 yards, yay. And he even lost a fumble in the game. <laughs> so that stinks. But Saquon Barkley definitely has got that franchise running back uh, mold to him. Only 11 attempts with that 59-yard long. Got him to 120. And Ezekiel Elliott getting that gigantic contract over the weekend. For some reason, I said the Cowboys lost their quarterback. I worded that completely wrong. I said they got a contract dispute. Maybe they would lose him, but they hadn't lost him yet. Didn't have that great of a game, though. But he still got in the end zone, and that's just about all there is to say. Dallas crushes the New York Giants. The New York Giants with uh, Pat Shermer leading the way. Tampa Bay over and San Francisco. 49ers roll over Tampa Bay 31-17. Woo-hoo. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get hurt. That's good. I don't want him to get hurt. I'd like to see San Francisco do well. And, hey, games like this, maybe they will be up there with the Rams and competing for the postseason. Don't get hurt, Jimmy. I don't want him to get hurt. I'd like to see San Francisco do well just because. Uh, 31-17, uh, Jameis Winston, three interceptions and stuff and a quarterback rating in the 40s. And, 
whatever, he sucks. <laughs> he sucks, and he was a number one overall pick, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes. The only positive for today for Tampa was Ronald Jones rushing for 75 and almost six yards of carry, despite trailing most of the game. Uh, very efficient day for Ronald Jones, George Kittle, and all that. That uh, Excellent tight end for San Francisco. He led the way like he did against Minnesota last year when the Vikings struggled so bad uh, from the Philly game up to San Francisco there in the uh, season opener. You could just see the Vikings struggled with tight ends, and luckily that has improved in a big way, at least so far for the Vikings, thankfully, going into this one. So now we will get to the NFC North roundup, I suppose. Epic battle here. Two awful teams. Um, Matthew Stafford, I can just feel the frustration. You know, it's like you don't really want to root for him because he's a division rival quarterback and all that, and you, but gosh, you could just feel the frustration and through him the entire game. Detroit was killing Arizona, just crushing them. And things changed so dramatically. It was 17-0, 17-3. Then Detroit went up to 24-6. It's like, they're still going to win the game. Arizona stinks. And they're just not ready to do anything. And then Kyle Murray gets things moving. And, well, it is what it is, you know. Kyler Murray, anyway, starts getting things going in the second half and all that into the fourth quarter, per se. Great fourth quarter comeback for Kyler Murray. Almost got his first win in his first game for a team that... The last two years has been pretty much the scrap heap of the NFL down there with the Miami Dolphins. And Kyler Murray, nice. Nice showing. Sacked five times despite his athleticism and such. Detroit's, yeah, I mean, boy, Matthew Stafford was almost perfect for the longest time, but he lost a fumble along the way, and that didn't help. But, uh, boy, Kyler Murray leading this fourth-quarter comeback. Pretty cool. Uh, it would have been a horrible loss for Detroit. Ends up being a really lame tie for Detroit uh, after an epic comeback. Arizona forcing overtime down the stretch. Pretty damn cool. Detroit just seemed completely out of sync in that fourth quarter. I mean, there was no rhyme or reason to what was going on, and you could just see it. I don't think the coaching staff knows what they're doing. I don't think they're a good coaching staff. Uh, a lot of us saw this because, well, you know, we're... You're interested in what's going on and all that. And this game was kind of like center stage there at the end because it, it was going into OT. And it was kind of cool seeing these number one overall pick uh, lead this comeback, even if it's against the Detroit Lions. And it was a good game, but uh nasty finish for the Detroit Lions at the end of the day. Uh, but at least they were able to tie it up because it looked like Arizona was going to win. Luckily, the rule changed conveniently after the 2009 NFC Championship game. Uh, well, after that season anyway. the uh, uh, Luckily, that Arizona did not automatically win the game after Zane Gonzalez nailed a 28-yard chip shot because Matt Prater on the uh, following drive was able to nail a 33-yarder to tie the game up, and both teams were unable to score. Arizona failed to score down the stretch, and you ran the clock out, and yuck. That's just kind of all there was to say about that. Similar to the Vikings game last year, like when Daniel Carlson missed and the Vikings could have won. So, frustrating. At least nobody missed and all that, but still not such a good game. Not a good finish for the Detroit Lions at the end of the day. Both field goal kickers were perfect, and Zane Gonzalez, 13 points for any fantasy person that might actually have an Arizona kicker. Maybe you'll want one because Kyler Murray's got something going there, and good for him. At the end of the day, Detroit Lions, oh, this is just uh, going to be another weird season. And I think Matt Patricia, Patricia is probably not going to be the coach at the end of the year. That's just my guess. 
Detroit has just struck out with head coaches forever. Uh, they had a good one for a while there, even though we weren't big fans of him. He, he was okay, a little crazy, but uh, I don't know. Now, not so much. Jim Caldwell recently, of course. Uh, obviously, I thought he was pretty good. I, I thought he did a hell of a job with Detroit, honestly. He had them in the playoffs, and their offense was pretty solid, and obviously the guy before him, defensive coach as well. Both of them were better than this guy. I don't know. Detroit struck out big time here, just like they did years ago with uh, Matt Millen as the general manager and that, that Marty Morningwag and what the heck. That was pretty pretty, pretty dorky when Marty Morningwag was the head coach. Steve Murayuchi, I couldn't believe that didn't work out, but I guess nothing works out in Detroit, even with a, a pretty decent coach in Steve Murayuchi. Murayuchi. And then he's never coached since. Son of a gun. But he's a pretty good TV guy. So let's get to the NFC North. Are we heading in that direction? Mitchell Trubisky sucks. Okay, not not yet. I shouldn't say that, but he didn't look good. Mitchell Trubisky sucked in this game, particularly down the stretch. Why are you throwing it a triple coverage? What kind of stupid coaching schemes are these, and why are you trying to force a play, and why this, why that? Why is he throwing 45 passes in a game? Uh, uh, you, you know, isn't the running game a little better than that in Chicago? Isn't it, though? I mean, I, I guess not. It wasn't that good on this day, was it? That Green Bay defense is significantly improved. Significantly improved. Uh, nobody really ran the ball well. Talk about black and blue NFC North. My goodness. The Green Bay Packers defense looks like the 96 Packers. Cause that was a pretty good defense, wasn't it? And you all remember how Brett Favre was in his prime and things went crazy that year for Green Bay and they went on to win the Super Bowl. The good news is Green Bay is not winning the Super Bowl this year. Ten points, against, you know, as good as the Bears' defense is, ten points ain't, ain't squat. That ain't squat. Thirteen points when you combine the two teams ain't squat for a single team out there. If your team scores 13 points, you're very, very disappointed at the end of the day, I gotta think. A lot of people thought, boy, what a wonderful season opener this is for the 100th anniversary. Just garbage. Um, a lot of people complained about the Super Bowl. Heck, the ratings for Purple Mafia for that game or where, you know, the numbers, whatever, were the lowest they've been in maybe a decade. I'm not even kidding, and that's how old Purple Mafia is, yes. This is a double-digit year show, <laughs> double digits. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, with that, that grin on his face, and it wasn't an arrogant grin, it was like a, oh my God, I finally have a defense with me now. But unfortunately, I think Aaron Rodgers has passed his prime, and he's got weapons in Green Bay, but are they that great? I mean, I like Adams, he's, he's awesome, but I mean, I don't like him when he beats us. Jimmy Graham can play a bit, of course, but eh, he was a bit disappointing. I I don't know. I don't think Green Bay is going anywhere. I don't. And the Bears don't look like they're going anywhere either. Maybe Sports Illustrated was right with that 7-9 and nine prediction. 7-9. <laughs> and nine. Can you imagine? Maybe they're going to be dead on with that one. You know how Detroit's looking for a coach all the time? Like, oh, another disappointment. Or they, they actually have a halfway decent one and they let him go, this and that. Uh, it's it's always a mess in Detroit. There's always something wrong with the Detroit Lions. For Chicago, it's the quarterback position. Kind of like how it was with the Vikings for a long time with the Ponders and this and that. And then you had Tavares Jackson and you had this guy and you had that guy and Gus Farratt. And then you were, you know, you had Culpepper for a while, but a lot of people didn't like him because he made a lot of weird mistakes, even though he threw pro prolific numbers, like four touchdowns, 400 yards. And then he'd have like 19 fumble losses, you know, like during like, like halfway through the season, you'd already have like 19 fumbles or something crazy like that and some weird decision-making, this and that. 
but then Chicago, you get Cade McNown, you have uh, you have uh, Rex Ryan, uh, what was his name? Rex Rex Grossman, not Rex Ryan. <clears throat> and then you had, oh God, Jay Cutler. You had Jay Bleepin' Cutler for like a decade. And everybody thought he was really going to be something when he got drafted by the Denver Broncos. And he was all right there. And then, ooh, now he's on the Bears. Here they come. And it just never happened. It just never did. And then now, Mitchell Zabriskie, well, we'll see. But I have my doubts. He was a very high draft pick. And obviously there was a major trade to get him with the San Francisco 49ers. And then there was a major trade to get Mac, uh, excuse me, Khalil Mack, which was one of the greatest trades ever, despite how expensive the trade was and how expensive the guy's contract is. He's worth every penny, man. That guy's a stud. And he fits in with this Bears, Monsters of the Midway thing like you wouldn't believe. But if you can't score points, it doesn't matter. I mean, you could have the best offense in, in history, and it doesn't matter with a bleep. It just doesn't. And that's a crying shame for the Chicago Bears right now. So it just kind of is what it is. Yes, I cheered for the Bears over the Packers because I hate the Packers. Why would I cheer for the Packers? I'm not going to cheer for them just because you think, oh, you want the Bears to lose because they're the the toughest competition for the Vikings. Uh, maybe the Packers are. Maybe the Packers are now. But I think the Vikings' chances of winning the division are good. Unfortunately, though, I, I, I don't know what to make with this Green Bay uh, defense. It's obviously better. It obviously is. Uh, Tremont Williams with a couple of past deflections. He's a familiar name, obviously. Preston Smith got a sack and a half and a pass deflection. Got those hands up and frustrated Mitchell Trubisky. Zadarius Smith got a sack. Kenny Clark shared one with that Preston Smith there. Blake Martinez, the linebacker. Calvin King. Me, Kevin King also adding a sack. I mean, this team is uh, it's a good defense. They got a good scheme. Uh, Lafleur. I don't see the spectacular offense just yet, but well, I don't know. Hopefully the Vikings defense can keep the Packers to 10 points and we can put up more than three, I would hope. i got to think with this innovative, improved slash old school offense for the Minnesota Vikings with the zone blocking and all that such can uh, show some magic against the Green Bay Packers next week. That's the hope. Chicago Bears look like they are in huge, gigantic trouble. But uh, Minnesota already getting on the road just like last year. And, well, for one... I don't think we're going to miss three kicks. That's my first prediction. Minnesota Vikings will not miss three kicks in this game. And if they do, okay, I better knock on wood here. If they do, I'm just going to cry. I, I'm not sure what else I'm going to say about that. That would be disgusting if that were to take place. Uh, boy, that would be uh, beyond sickening. But I, I think the Vikings are going to score points. It's just how many. Oh, it's it's a tough call. Aaron Rodgers is what he is, but, I mean, he doesn't have the accuracy he did, but he tends to have it when he needs to. That's the one thing. Even though, and yes, it's a nooner, which I'm looking forward to. I love the nooner games. It's easier to do this show, and you get to kind of chill in the afternoon and all that. It's always cool, and then come and do the show gradually and all that, and watch the uh, NBC game. <laughs> I love that while I'm doing the show. But Rodgers, that's the thing. He might have... Some, some yucky moments where it's just the accuracy isn't what it used to be, this and that. He's been banged up over the years. The weapons on the team aren't what they were. Yeah, they're, they're not the 2010-2011 backers. They're, they're not. They're not anywhere near that. Uh, but it seems, I mean, Rodgers, whenever there's that moment, and it showed it in this game, despite how great that Chicago Bears defense is, he got those big first downs when he needed to. 
hitting the, the receivers in stride and in the right place, right time. And that's what I fear with the Packers down the stretch. It's going to be tough, but I do think the Vikings absolutely can win the game. I like, I just loved what I saw today. I didn't like what I saw, but I loved what I saw from the Minnesota Vikings offense today. I loved what I saw from the Vikings defense today. There was a bit of bend, don't break, and hopefully the Vikings can uh, take care of business. Matt Ryan is no slouch. I mean, we weren't going against Christian Ponder today. We weren't going against Jameis Winston either. We were going against Matt Ryan, and this is a guy who's elite, so it's similar here. We were able to get the job done. Obviously, playing in Green Bay is a different animal, but they'll, they'll, they'll be purple in the stands. So it is what it is. I mean, I don't know. It seems like Packer fans travel a bit more sometimes, but uh, oh well, we'll leave that alone. That stupid border battle is what it is. It's almost tough here. The The Vikings are going to tie the Packers 20-20. to 20. No, no, I, I don't think so. But I do believe the Vikings will get to 20 points. I don't think we're going to be stuck at three points. There probably is going to be a turnover in this game uh, from both teams. I'm, I'm going to say that. I actually picked that last week uh, when I thought that Atlanta defense would do something against the Vikings offense, but they didn't. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an interception, but, well, we'll see. Maybe Kirk Cousins doesn't have to throw the ball 20 times. Well, that'd be good. Kept him to 10 this week. I think he throws the ball 15-plus, maybe to 20 times, but I, hopefully not too much more than that. I'd love to see Delvin Cook get over 100 yards on the ground again in Green Bay. That'd be beautiful. That's the hope. And that would be how the Vikings win the game, is just kind of keep doing what they're doing. Keep going with this uh, balanced offense. And hopefully get the tight ends involved a little bit more would be nice. You didn't get a whole lot from Thielen and Diggs today. I do think you're going to see more of a passing game against Green Bay than you did this week. I think you will see more, but again, if Dalvin Cook can get near the century mark, and of course if he crosses it, Vikings win the game for sure if Dalvin Cook gets over 100 yards because that means the Vikings are controlling the game in a lot of ways. Controlling possession, uh, pounding at that Packers defense. It's not going to be easy, though. It's not going to be easy for him to get 100. I say he does not. I think he gets something around 80, but I do believe that the Vikings do survive and win this game like 20-17, to 17, something along the stretch there and actually defeat the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. But it's going to be close. There's going to be a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth on both sides. <laughs> when, uh, both sides of the, the border here with the river and all that. Well, it's not really the river, but certain areas it is further south of here. The river between Minnesota and Wisconsin. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, frustrations. There'll be lead changes. There'll be turnovers. There'll be everything. There'll be everything. There'll be fans giving each other a hell of a time. And the Vikings will survive 20-17. to 17. It just might take overtime, but I do believe Minnesota pulls this thing off by 3. 20-17 over the Green Bay Packers. Sunday and the Nooner. With that, we'll take a quick break and return for fan interaction. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction, and off to Packer Week. Once again, off to Green Bay, Wisconsin, for week number two for the second straight season, of course. At at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show will be the Twitter account. We always start with Twitter and wrap up with Facebook. Want to thank Vinrock, Vince Germano, Lakers, Pies, Browns, at Vinrock44 for retweeting the most recent uh, Season Preview 2019, Purple Mafia, Episode 294. 
and Sam Gupta and Stephen A. Smith for liking the tweet. Thank you guys very much. Sam Gupta says, and I believe he's out of California, I guess. He says, can't wait to hear it. The season is finally here, and I hope you enjoyed the show, Sam. Uh, God bless you. Yep, Southern California, that's what I thought. Been around for a very long time. He's a great guy, and uh, he truly is. Always loved Sam Gupta, and that's why he's a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Sam Gupta inducted into the Purple Mafia Hall of Fame last uh, last winter there in State of the Vikings 2019. We'll have a conversation back and forth with Mad Martin a bit. He says, my listening tomorrow morning along with uh, today's show, football is back. Great start. Hope you are well, brother, and I hope you're well also. He says, uh, yep, Cook is on fire, and he absolutely was. Xavier Rhodes already hurt. Yep, Mad Martin uh, out of Northern Scotland says Ray Rhodes or Ray Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes already hurt. Unbelievable. And the Vikings are thin at cornerback. And yes, we are. But luckily, Rhodes would stay in there. You know how Rhodes is. He looks like he's going to be out for the season, and he's back in there. So I don't know if it's toughness or it's the other way around, or just a melodramatic like Brett Favre. He gets hit in the balls with a football in the uh, practice, and he's rolling on the ground like he'd been shot six times. So uh, yeah. That happened. Brett Favre was hitting the balls with a stray football when he wasn't looking. It did happen in 2010. Let's continue. <laughs> it was pretty funny stuff. Uh, Mad Martin says, way too busy, but yep, when I was saying how he's been doing, but great to have football back. Running game is looking good, but too many hits on Cousins. And yes, it's uh, the whole take here is that, like I was saying on the segment number one, I was saying I was like saying this and all this kind of at the same time, basically to Mad Martin was, uh, yeah, I mean, the the run blocking is good. You got that athletic center now with, uh, obviously, Garrett Bradbury and Pat Elfline and all that. Uh, they got the really good run blocking with the guards. And, and Josh Klein was awesome today, actually. Josh Klein, what a nice start to the season for a right guard, Josh Klein. Great, strong start to the season for number 64 there. Man, man, that's a classic number, isn't it? 64. Mm, God bless him. <laughs> uh, Randall McDaniel there. Yep. But um, where am I going here? Yep, great run blocking and all that with the zone blocking system schemes and all that. But then the pass, the pass blocking is pretty much the same. I do think the Minnesota Vikings need a left tackle next in next year's draft. I was talking about that with uh, Mad Martin. Yep, I think next April the Vikings should get a left tackle if humanly possible. Easier said than done, but God willing, that will be the approach next year. This year clearly was about guards for obvious reasons. You know, guards with the run blocking and such. Now you need some better pass blocking with uh, a left tackle. I think we're good at right tackle. Uh, Brian O'Neill looks fantastic. I think Riley Reef is, uh, you know, he's seen better days. He's okay. He's making big bucks and all that. But it just is what it is. I mean, we cut Mike Remmers a year earlier. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Riley Reef is the next to go in the offseason at the end of the day. So hopefully, yep, Matt Martin actually was replying to the uh, the post of the, the release of Purple Mafia show there. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed the show. I, I appreciate it very much and always love Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. A surefire first ballot. No, yep, first time he got on the ballot. Mad Martin in the Hall of Fame. God bless you there. We will now head to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. And a shout out to MN Vikings Haven. Also, Trevor Wicker and the founder of that Facebook page, kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on that page. And, of course, fan interaction on there as well. But always uh, post on my page if you could as well. Post on that one. Post on this one. Don't just uh, run away from me now at the same time. Mark Carlson says, 
that was a monster episode regarding the uh, season preview, and, and it was. It was about two hours. He said, thanks for your hard work. I always enjoy the bits of history you bring to the show. I am really looking forward to the season opener with Atlanta. It's going to be a good game. Hey, shout out to Sebastian Barden to call in after the game this week. Skull, Purple Mafia, and Sebastian Barden didn't reply to that one, unfortunately, and I received no calls this week. Mark Carlson from Iowa, a legend on this podcast. Um... Uh, and then there was uh, the Minnesota Vikings. It was like right after the show, the next day. It's like, okay, I was able to squeeze in the acquisition of, of uh, Cole Quit, the new punter with the Minnesota Vikings, and poor Matt Weil being kicked out at the last second. And then there was another move, and the guy saw no action today, unfortunately. Washington Redskins wide receiver Josh Doxson, who was taken one pick ahead of Minnesota's uh, Laquan Treadwell, that's a familiar name, in 2016, ends up being cut by the Washington Redskins and the Minnesota Vikings scoop him up. Uh, some production, obviously, during the course of his career. About a 500-yard, three-touchdown kind of guy. Six touchdowns one of those years with Kirk Cousins. Uh, they had good chemistry and all that, and Kirk Cousins probably was like, yeah, go get him, basically, and the Vikings did. So, And at the end of the day, none of the wide receivers were cut because the Vikings only had four. B.C. Johnson also. No action today for Minnesota, but Chad Beebe taking those punts, punts basically, doing what Marcus Sherrills did most of the time, uh, fair catches. The, uh, wow, New England's up 20 to nothing now. and yeah, You know, I'd not be surprised. New England-Kansas City, AFC title game. New England's right back at it like nothing. Like, Tom Brady is, is I, I don't know, he, he's just kind of stuck in, he's stuck at 32 years old, I think. I think so. It's unbelievable. It is just, he, he doesn't look any different than he did like 10 years ago, does he? He's, he's 42, and he's still right up there. Uh, he, the only thing that's not so great is his throwing arm has, has, lost, a, has lost a few, and that's about it. Uh, ben Roethlisberger just completed a pretty deep pass, and the Steelers are within the red zone now, so maybe they'll score. We'll see. Yep, not quite at the goal line, but they're in the red zone. <laughs> they're, they're in the 20s. So we'll move forward here. They're in the in the yeah in the inside the twenties. What I'm trying to say, we will continue. Josh Doxson, what were the comments? I know there was something here. There wasn't. What the heck? Probably because the picture was kind of kind of weird. But uh, yep, Minnesota agreeing with Josh Doxson there on September the second. The second post earlier from, I believe Brent Jacobson passed this on to me. I can't remember who it was now. Oh, or was it? Uh, this might have been Justin Mayer, Henry, out of Colorado. Uh, former Vikings running back Jarek McKinnon will miss second straight season. The ACL again. It is just sad. Setbacks and all that. He is not going to play for the 49ers this year either. And that's a crying shame. Yankee Zong out of Brooklyn Center says at least he got the contract first. Andrew Bunting, Northern Cal, says not a Viking, don't care anymore. Once they leave, I turn my back. And uh, It's a little harsh. God bless you, Drew Bunting. Drew Bunting, of course, close friends with Sebastian. I met him through uh, Sebastian, and yeah, I like Drew Bunting a lot, too. He's a cool guy. Northern Cal, very cool guy. Definitely a classic music guy, classic rock and roll kind of guy from, you know, the good old days. Mark Carlson, Iowa, says I like his style. He made... He made a good Viking. Too bad he is hurt. Man, that sucks. And I agree. I, I like him. Patrick Grant says he's San Francisco's problem now. With the injuries, yes. Uh, Brett McCarthy says bad luck. I loved Jarek McKinnon when he was here, though. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I loved him. I mean, I loved Jarek McKinnon. He really, you know, because Delvin Cook had that ACL when he looked so spectacular coming in. And then he had the freaking ACL in that creepy spot against the Detroit Lions and 
uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. And then Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray really held down the fort, and the Vikings went all the way to the NFC title game. In fact, a lot of people thought we were going to win it all that year and, and U.S. Bank Stadium of all places. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't Jarek McKinnon's fault that the Vikings lost to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. That's for damn sure. So I'll leave that where that is at the moment. Where are all the comments? I There's a few here. It's actually kind of good that they separate my comment from the others. In a lot of ways, Dave Hickey was saying, Skull Brothers looking real good so far. X-Man is doing a good job. And Joe, uh, uh, yep, Julio Jones and X already lived off the field once, only to return. Go figure. Yep, that's that's how he is. Mark Carlson says, hope you got some nice weather for your halftime break. Yep, oh, I love going outside for those fall colors. Just, we're not quite in the fall colors, but there's some yellow a little bit. Much to my wife's chagrin, she's very upset about it. But uh, that's how it is. Heck, even in North Carolina, they, they have fall colors and the leaves fall just later on, I suppose. He says it's gray, rainy. Mark Carlson says it's gray, rainy, and very fall-like down here. But unfortunately, same crappy weather here. Maybe not as rainy, though. Ali Siddiqui, locally in the Twin Cities here, says, Jimmy Johnson was raving about Cook, saying if he's healthy, we can go to the Super Bowl. And maybe. I mean, Delvin Cook is that good. So that's a big-time take there by Jimmy Johnson, and thank you for passing that on, Ollie, of course, who does a great job. He writes for the Vikings on profootballspot.com. does a great job. I love Ollie Siddiqui. Uh, Josh Meir Henry, out of Colorado. Josh Meir Henry says that's a way to start again after that amazing drive. Brad McCarthy was talking about the interception and such, and uh, he was saying very excited to see our new and improved offensive line work today. So Kurt back. Out of out of White Bear Lake says good morning, Joey, and good luck to everybody in Vikings land. Mark Carlson says hundred years of NFL. I hope we don't have to wait till the team is one hundred to bring home that beautiful trophy. Yeah, that would be twenty sixty one. I I hope we don't have to wait that long either. I would be eighty two. I'd be eighty two. Eighty two years old. That would suck. Uh, yep, Brett McCarthy says Colin Coward is so anti Vikings, and yes, he is. I don't, I don't like him either. There's a little back and forth. Brett McCarthy says, me neither. Gerald Sring out of Nebraska says, Brett McCarthy. Nope, Brett McCarthy. Yeah, he already, he's just saying that uh, Colin Colbert is a pencil neck moron. And then Brett McGree there. Yep, and this is it. Big, big take. Or, you know, this is how I'm feeling too. Too many penalties. Mark Carlson annoyed with that. And there were way too many penalties. Matt Emer out of the UK. Gotta mention that name. Gotta love him. He doesn't post very often, but he's a great guy. Says about damn time. And yeah, Matt Emer out of the UK. Cook's a beast, says Brett McCarthy. Bit back and forth here. I think that was everything. Oh boy. Yep. Oh, no. Bits and pieces during the game anyway. And let's get to the post game though. That's the main part where a lot of you... A lot of you guys uh, write about your feelings of the overall game, though it's fun to look at some of the pregame and po and uh, in-game conversation. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, I can deal some of the flags for their aggressive... I, I, I can deal with some of the flags for their aggressive defense, but on third down it really hurts. Yeah, those stupid encroachments on like third and five, and it happened twice. I mean, you just cannot do that. I mean, those are freebies. You're, you're just giving them freebies, man. Uh, he says, great effort, though, so... So long, so long in a short run. Run it down their throats. And, yep, that was awesome. Jeff Holmgren. Jeff Holmgren. I'm not sure if it's his first post. His name looks very familiar. He is 
from Laverne, Minnesota. I think I've, yeah, 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 I've seen him with that Grateful Dead uh, logo for his uh, profile picture. Yep, yep, I've seen that Laverne, Minnesota from Laverne, Minnesota. Jeff Holmgren says, didn't get to see much passing, so not sure how the O-line will hold up against a solid defense. Yeah, we're going to find out next week, aren't we, Jeff? He says, Cousins did a did get hit pretty good a few times on a few pass plays. The biggest problem will be pass coverage. Yep, yep, I agree, Jeff. Uh, he says, Atlanta couldn't keep many drives going, but the few de- decent drives they had, pass coverage was pretty bad. Don't see them doing too well against good quarterbacks. The team, yep, and that's our pass coverage up defensively. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we gave up some yards today. There's no question about it. We did. It's just that we were able to force them into turnovers, or they forced themselves into turnovers, unforced errors. The team will be better than last year, but still missed the playoffs by a few games. You think so? Hmm. He says, hate to say it, but the Cowboys are going to just run over every team this season. And a lot of angry faces from Jeff Holmgren. He's, uh, he's mad. You think the Cowboys are going to win the N- the NFC this year? I mean, I, I suppose. I mean, I don't think they're going to win the NFC, but I suppose the NFC isn't really like there's this lights-out superstar team in the NFC. There really isn't right now. Some people think it's the Eagles, but they were getting killed by Washington earlier. If Case Keenum can pass all over the Eagles, so can Kirk Cousins, I think. So, well, and he did last year. Um, I don't know. I don't think Dallas is consistent enough. I, I don't. I like Jason Garrett as a person. I think he's a, he just seems like a great guy, but is he that great of a coach? I think he's just okay. And Dak Prescott is overrated. Zeke Elliott's a bit overrated as well. Let's move forward. Sorry, but very thought-provoking, Jeff Holmgren. You're going to get a star for sure on this show, for sure. Very thought-provoking. Like that one. Uh, Josh Mayer Henry says, good start to the season. Next week is going to be the test. Tarkenton Award to Harris, two picks. And yeah, he's right there. He basically, Harris is going to share it with uh, Delvin Cook. I'm going to officially change that over. And I didn't even give out the uh, Christian Ponder Memorial. Uh, I don't know, like Chris Boyd barely makes the team. And then he gets in the path. That's a candidate. And then, of course, just all those doggone penalties, like those encroachment plays. That's just kind of a group effort there with those stupid encroachment plays. Whoever got those. You know, it's just really frustrating. Trey Buckholz says absolute domination. Didn't even need the passing game. Yep, isn't that, isn't that the truth? <laughs> it was that good. Justin Mayer, Henry, a couple of quotes here. Says, Matt Ryan and Julio were shut down 100% today. Minus garbage time, and that was fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, Zimmer and George Edwards looked like uh, Bill Belichick. They did. They look like Bill Belichick against Jared Goff and the Rams. They they really did. I mean, that was amazing what we did today. Justin Amir Henry says, what a great game when your quarterback and wide receivers can put up nothing and you win like that. It's a great feeling. Uh, Mark Carlson says, yeah, it really is. That was, it's very impressive. Mark Carlson says, the sacking machine is running wide open and this defense is playing for keeps on every down. But if I see one more yellow flag for offsides, I will go insane. Fran Tarkington Award to Rhodes. Skull Purple Mafia. Interesting choice there. And he did have a good game, actually. Xavier Rhodes way better than in the preseason. Kind of hanging in there, trying not to get hurt, is my guess, from Xavier's uh, standpoint. Brent Jake, welcome aboard. Lakeville. Love, love you, Brent Jake. He says, I'm uh, <laughs> It feels like a while, but Brent Jake usually is, is around, but man, yeah, I love him. He says, uh, I'm more than happy that we won. Yes, a shutout would have been awesome, but a win is a win. 
the team will be fun to watch this season. I will not put the cart ahead of the horse, but if we can keep this going this season, could end in a parade in February. It's a balanced enough it's a balanced enough offense with enough weapons that this could be very interesting. This could be a very, very interesting season. Uh, Jeff Holmgren, yeah, I don't think we're going to miss the playoffs. I don't think so. I mean, there, there's a lot of junk in the NFC. I think we're better than those teams. Brad McCarthy says, good game. We will find out how good we are next week versus the Pack. Absolutely. Gerald String wraps up this section, says, uh, well, looks like Zim meant what he said. Best way to keep Cousins healthy is to hand the ball off to our two studs. Wow, 10 pass attempts. Great start at home. Yeah, and for us to throttle an offense like Atlanta, it's pretty damn impressive. And, you know, a team that actually had a pretty good defense not that long ago either. They're, I mean, heck, Seattle's defensive coordinator, I think he has a clue what he's doing during the Legion of Boom era with those Super, with that Super Bowl ring. Uh, Dan Quinn, only one Super Bowl ring, of course. They lost, and he, he, he wasn't there when the uh, Patriots beat them. Atlanta had already made their claim on Dan Quinn at the end of the day. Atlanta's in the house. <laughs> well, that should wrap up the uh, fan interaction segment. Going to pass out the stars right now. Boy, it's it's always tough. It's always tough. For being thought-provoking, Jeff Holmgren's going to ring in his first gold star. Uh, Jeff Holmgren out of Laverne, Minnesota, is going to ring in a gold star for being so thought-provoking. Even though I don't agree with the, the whole Cowboys are going to win the NFC and the Vikings are going to miss the playoffs. I don't know about that. Uh, so many good takes. You guys are so good. You know, I mean, it's just... Mm. It's so it's it's always a toughie. Man, it's tough. Mark Carlson and Brent Jacobson both deserve a star in this show. Uh, I think Justin Mayer Henry deserves a star too. So we'll go that direction. Oh man, it's always so tough. It's always so tough. You know, I mean, mm, Brett McCarthy's always active. Love what Brett McCarthy out there. Uh, boy, I, I gotta go with. Uh, Man, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Justin Mayer Henry is going to ring in the bronze with Brent Jacobson. Uh, with uh, Justin Mayer Henry is going to ring in the silver. Mark Carlson and Brent Jacobson ring in the bronze. Great, great show today. Great. Thank you guys for your contributions. Of course, Mad Martin always is like a gold star to, to me. Absolutely. Um, and it's just like, it just is what it is. You guys are just so fantastic. I can't thank you enough. And anytime I think, oh man, I'm too tired to do this. It's like, no, I, I'm not too tired to do this. I love doing it. And why would I be too tired? There's no reason to be too tired. It's football. It's enjoyable. And, and when you play like this, you're going to get energy no matter how tired you are. You're going to feel good. You're going to feel happy. You're going to go to work tomorrow thinking, well, we got something to look forward to next week. We got a team that might end up being back in the mix here for something special. And, boy, New England is rolling over them Steelers. Woo-wee! 26-3. It's going to be 27, most likely. Got Skowski. The kick is perfect. And the uh, Patriots are kicking butt like always. Boy, I mean, it's... it's uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's amazing. That looked like a pretty good throwing arm there from Tom Brady. Mm. I don't know. I mean, go ahead and hate on Tom Brady. I mean, but my hand is extended towards the TV, and that's all I have to say about it. I mean, hate on him all you want, but uh, <laughs> I am 40 years old. 
Tom Brady's 42, and he's playing like that at 42. This isn't golf. This isn't bowling. This isn't NASCAR. This is National League. This is National Football League. I'm, I don't know what else to say. And you know how the NFL, people are getting tested every 10 seconds. If Tom Brady was cheating, he would have been caught a long time ago, believe me. Just like our buddy Michael Pineda. I, I don't think he was even cheating, though. It was some kind of a weight loss drug that people believe is used to cover up uh, other drugs. That's the crappy part. So, ah, oh, Michael Pineda. That sucks for us as Twins fans. I don't want to talk about that. Damn it. Go Twins. Win. Win the division anyway and kick butt in the playoffs. And I hope they do. God, I hope they do. Um, but though I passed out the stars and now I'm going to give you an opportunity to call into the show. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for the Purple Mafia show. Your statement, give your statement, shout out, comment, and opine. And of course, uh, say where you're from, say your name and town, whatever, like Brent from Lakeville, stuff like that. And then like uh, Joey from Golden Valley, Minnesota, something like that. Simple, simple stuff. You'll be on the show with me. It's a three-minute limit, so do you do be aware of that. It does cut you off. Uh, there's the voice, uh, the audio submission Root, which I highly recommend, where you use the free voice recording application on your smart device. Smart device, as I might want to say it a little clearer. <laughs> yep, uh, it's on every single smart device on the planet. There's some free voice recorder. Treat it like a phone call. Just press record. Treat it like a phone call. Go as long as you want, as long as it's not crazy. You know, five minutes-ish. It's probably all you really need, usually, most of the time. Unless it's like a Super Bowl championship, then there's no limit for anything there. You could, have, you know, I mean, I mean, that is going to be one hell of a show if that does happen. Um, still waiting for that day so desperately. But yep, then when you when you hit stop, save it, and send it to Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com, and I will very happily convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zamzar or Converto.com. Wonderful websites. They provide a free service for a smaller file. As such, so I'm more than happy to give them a shout out for that, and a free plug, you could say. Uh, and of course, you will be guaranteed a star one way or another if you get on the show. Even a bronze star is pretty cool. I mean, you're one of the top callers of the day. Bronze star is a bronze star. You know, I mean, I've not met anybody that's complained about a bronze star or a silver or a gold. Of course, uh, sorry, I don't. I think the thing just clicked on me. That was weird. So. That is something that is more than worth it. <sighs> Boy, the uh, would be great to hear from you. Would be great to hear from you. Hopefully, the weather dries up a bit. I, it looks like it might be rainy around here. I hope it's drier in Iowa for you, Mark, and some of you around that area. Dave Hickey and such, Leland out there. I didn't hear from Leland. I was like, you know, there's a lot of people missing this week. Hopefully, you come back at some point. Love Leland Elbertson. He did comment somewhere. I know he did. I know he did. I forget where it was, though. I th oh, man, that's too bad. Um, mm, I think I read it last week. Oh, well. It is what it is. So, in the post-game thread, hopefully we can see, hear from Leland and others next week as well. Thank you guys, though, that did comment. God bless all of you, and we'll be back next week, hopefully with the 2-0 club.